0: Always a pleasure to be with you to talk the beautiful game. You know it, you love it, and we love it here on 710 ESPN Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, hanging out with you for the next hour here as we break down and work up the comings and goings of so many players in MLS as we're getting ready for this 2020 season. Going to be talking with Bob Bradley for LAFC on the Black and Gold Breakdown as he prepares his club for the Champions League and MLS and so much to get to. I got to start by backpedaling a, a little bit—not my own opinions, but just the story. Now, this story is already old. It's Chicharito talking about MLS, but the reason I want to talk more about it, as he comes to LA Galaxy at the age of 31, and everybody glommed on—and we've already discussed it a little bit here—about how Chicharito said, you know, the the dreaded R word, which is so prevalent. When uh, uh, American quote-unquote soccer fans describe MLS, so many of you uh, snobs, and so many of us don't care anymore. But my point is the dreaded retirement word, right? And everybody glommed on. It. Oh, he was talking to his parents about how it's the start of his retirement, and it's just stereotypical of how bad. Who cares? Who cares, right? Chicharito was having an honest moment with his parents. He had been playing. Who doesn't dream of playing in in big leagues? In your The man played at Manchester United, for crying out loud. He's a winner, and he wants to win. And you can still he- hear that fire in his voice, really, even as he was crying, talking to his parents. Open, you know, an open heart from Chicharito. Did he say he doesn't want to come to? No, of course not. Said he wants to come to L.A., essentially. He knows it's going to be a good life. And it's, he's going to a, 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 an organization that has been at the forefront of Major League Soccer for, since almost day, well, from day one. And now he gets to enhance a rivalry in a city that is soccer mad, L.A. So now LAFC and LA Galaxy, you know who the, the happiest people should be about Chicharito going to LA Galaxy? Well, First, LA Galaxy and their fans, and second, LAFC and their fans. It is good for this city. Now, I want to talk about the point of, oh, the dreaded R word, retirement league, right? Well, okay, you brought in Zlatan. I I went ahead and did a little research to make sure I was not just spewing something that actually didn't add up. Tell me who MLS brought in. I'm talking the whole league. All the teams, 26 of them, are getting ready to kick off for the 2020 season, right? All over the country, this podcast is bigger than just L.A. This show is bigger than just L.A. And if you do miss anything, you can podcast the show. Tell me who they signed, this league. What teams brought in players that were over 30 years old this offseason, getting ready for this year? Yeah, Chicharito. You're right, 31. Who else? Can I tell you who was brought in? Whether as a as a DP signing, like for the real big money, or even under TAM or anything, you know, the allocation money. Do you want me to go through the list? I won't even talk about LAFC yet. How about Atlanta United? Mateos Rossetto from Paranense, 23. Cincinnati just brought in a player from Brighton. You know Brighton Matt here on the show. Jurgen Locadia. 26. Good player. 19-year-old Brian Galvan from Cologne is going to go to Colorado. How about Robert Barich from Saint-Étienne of Ligue 1? He goes to Chicago. You know how old Robert Berich is? Good player, 28. Lucas Zellerion, who I think, honestly, I can't wait to watch. From Tigres, we all know that club. He's going to Columbus, Ohio. How old is he? You think he's 40? Nope, 27. Edison Flores, great player, young player, from Morelia. I like him. Going to DC United, 25. Oh, there's one. Tiago Santos, 30, from Palmeiras. You ever heard of them? To Philadelphia. Felipe Mora from Pumas, going on loan to Portland, 26 years old. Yaroslav Nizgoda, leaving Legia Warsaw to go to Portland. He's 24. And the list goes all on, on and on. Alan Pulido, we all know, from Chivas, 28. Lucas Cavallini from Puebla, going to Vancouver, 27. And, oh, by the way, LAFC, bring it in, Jose Fuentes and Francisco Janella, both partaking or have partaken in the U23 South American qualifying for the Olympics. Uh, yeah, 20 and 21 years old, respectively. Where are all these old you know, dead players coming in for this retirement league. It's a lie. It's false. It used to be partially true. No doubt. But where, 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 LAFC certainly obviously setting the tone for that. Where it's all, you know, it's about young players and bringing them in. Not all, but you get the point. They're bringing in a boatload of young, hot talent. But the list I gave you is from teams all over. Adam Buxa comes in from the Polish League to New England, 23 years old. It's just ridiculous to constantly hear about. And you know what else is ridiculous? We keep talking about it in the sense of people who are defending MLS can't seem to give it up. Let it go, because this is about the last time I'm going to talk about it. It's just a false story anymore. It doesn't even need to be discussed anymore. Let's put an end to it once and for all. You heard the names, and those are very talented players. And that's not even the whole list by any means. Tell me where the 35-year-old signings are. Occasionally, will the league go out and bring in a Wayne Rooney towards the end of his... Yeah, I would imagine that might still happen. Zlatan, you got a chance to bring in him? Somebody like... Yes. Cristiano Ronaldo wants to play here? Yeah. Yeah. But stop with the false narratives. If you don't like MLS, fine. We don't care. The league is just growing by leaps and bounds. It's getting too good for all that garbage. And I love it. And I cannot wait. Of course, MLS kicking off late February. What, February 29th for the openers? LAFC opens on March 1st. But we got Champions League to get to as well. So much to talk more about that coming up. Taking a look at LAFC's opponent, Leon. Other teams prepping for the CONCACAF Champions League and some trouble. We got some issues with some of that. Trouble over at Barcelona? How might that be interesting? Hmm, I wonder. I, I, my mind is racing when it comes to that. The mess story of Lionel Messi and some issues there. But all of that, so much more to get to, too. we got stoppage time still to come. I can't wait. We're going to be joined by Bob Bradley. Black and Gold Breakdown is coming up as LAFC continue their preseason. Remember, they got off to an earlier start. A lot of teams just really getting going when it comes to MLS preseason. Teams now starting to get some uh, friendlies or, well, preseason games under their belt. LAFC, of course, already winners over Peña and NYCFC they'll go at it again here coming up as they get their preps going for Leon for that February 18th Thursday or Tuesday game, I beg your pardon. Less than 2 weeks. Oh man, less than 2 weeks until LAFC kick a football in anger and probably kick a couple of shins, I would imagine, along the way battling the great Liga MX side Leon. And I say great because oh by the way, They're not looking too shabby here. We will break that down coming up later in the show as well. Once again, Bob Bradley coming up next. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football here in Southern California, 710 ESPN. Soccer Weekly, 710 ESPN. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you here on the home of world football. Always a pleasure to talk to you. If you want to continue the conversation, hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Also... You can follow me on Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm. Don't forget, if you miss anything, we always podcast the show. iTunes, your Podcatcher, ESPN Pod Center. Just search for Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. You can tell me how you feel about the show. We would appreciate it. It certainly does help. You know who's been helping along the way, get me ready and get me through the uh, long, seemingly off season. It is the thought of LAFC as they prepare. For the CONCACAF Champions League. And let's talk more about that now. It's time for the Black and Gold Breakdown.
1: One, two, three,
0: breakdown. It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. breakdown. Break it down like this right now. And joining me now is the manager of LAFC, Bob Bradley. Bob, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. How are the uh, preparations going as we get to closer and closer to the Champions League and MLS?
1: We continue to have good training and obviously uh, look forward to our third training match against Dallas, uh, and then that leaves Toronto next week. Um, but I feel like the group has uh, maintained a really good attitude. And, of course, we're keeping an eye on uh, games from uh, South America where we've got different guys involved in the Olympic qualifying.
0: And uh, how would you assess right now, Bob, where your team is at in comparison to where you're going to be in a couple of weeks against Leon.
1: It's early to say, Dave. Um, as you know, with players that have been involved in other competitions, um, what we've done is to work in a good way with the players here. That's included, given opportunities to some of our younger academy players. Um, yeah. We've had trialists. Uh, I feel really good about the, the nucleus of players that have been here the past one or two seasons. Uh, they've come back in a really good way. And now uh, we know that that the reintroduction of the other players, uh, and that's what will have us ready for Champions League.
0: We are talking with Bob Bradley, LAFC manager, as we get ready for the 2020 season here with Champions League fast approaching and MLS and everything else. Have you been keeping a close eye on Leon, Bob? They look to be uh, as tough as ever, obviously. You know that. And uh, they're they're off to another good start in uh, Liga MX. Uh, Leon
1: has played really well. Uh, they're a very solid team, uh, no real weaknesses, and, and we've been very impressed as we watch them uh, week by week.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. They've got some great players, as we all know. Uh, you yourself, obviously, have a very good roster. A team that's you know building, continuing to to really just improve. It seemed like, honestly, Bob, that was one of the things I loved about this team last season. Is you guys just kept getting better and better. You had a few you know little rough patches, like every team does. But talk a little bit about that mentality you have really instilled a mentality in this team that is it, it goes beyond just worrying about one game and worrying about this it's It's about building and and maintaining at a high level. Talk a little bit about that mentality that you have instilled with laFC
1: We enjoy trying to uh, become a better team game by game and and we we know that uh, understanding continues to develop on the field that uh Uh, we can constantly tweak ideas so we we really focus on the process of how we can get better Uh, we all enjoy that every day what that means for training and uh and that's been our focus since we started uh uh in 2018.
0: Bob I know they talk about uh, people talk about in the media like me and everything else but you know chemistry and things like that sometimes I feel it's a little overblown but why does this team get along so well? I
1: think we have a bunch of really good guys. Uh, They they seem to appreciate uh, coming in every day, knowing that uh, we'll we'll push to make good training sessions. Uh, They enjoy the camaraderie. We're we're quite lucky. Uh, Our performance center is still an awesome place to show up every day. and, (laughs) And then we've got the special part of games in Bank of California in front of our supporters.
0: How important has it been, Bob, to keep your staff together that you've been working with?
1: Uh, we have a great staff. Um, uh, we've all known each other for a long time, and, and I really do everything I can to engage each one of them so that they are growing on the job and feeling like their ideas count. And, and, and so that's a big part uh, of the work that goes on here is that everybody's excited Contributes and, and then we just keep trying to move things
0: forward. You know, Bob, as you talked a little bit about it earlier, the U23 is the Conme Bowl, the Olympic qualifying, pre Olympic qualifying tournament. And what I've noticed uh, specifically about Diego Rossi is just the confidence there and kind of that maturity. You've seen it obviously from day one with LAFC firsthand. Talk a little bit about that. Not so much, obviously, the guy's scoring goals, he's a skilled and talented player, but it seems like the maturity and the confidence have grown by leaps and bounds for him.
1: Diego has definitely improved uh, since he arrived. We see his maturity, uh, obviously. Uh, he's fun to watch. And in the under-23 yeah. Olympic qualifying, it's it's been uh, important for him because it's the opportunity to represent Uruguay. And, and he hasn't always had that many opportunities along the way. And, and we mm-hmm. believe that his improvement here uh, has set himself up to continue to uh, be an important part of what goes on with not only the under-23s, but hopefully at some point for the full uh, Uruguayan
0: National team. Talking with Bob Bradley for LAFC. Uh, Bob, how do you balance, I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about this in the past with other competitions and the schedule kind of tight. How do you balance that early this season with the CONCACAF Champions League hopefully making a deep run? It's obviously very compact to the beginning of the MLS schedule.
1: We will really try to look at each, uh, each game, see where we are. Uh, it'll be really interesting for us to see, uh, what guys are like when they return from the qualifying. Um, and, and, and then that part of, um, working them, of course, back in, but making sure that, uh, that we're smart about it. Uh, the final round of under 23 qualifying, Included the games uh, on the 6th, uh, games uh, sorry on the 3rd, now the 6th, and the ninth. So yeah. three games in a short amount of time. Uh, we'll get guys up here some days after that. But we'll need to factor in everything as we make decisions uh, going into the games and then the start of MLS.
0: I cannot wait. Thanks so much. Bob Bradley, manager for LAFC. Continued success, Bob. Good luck. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay, Dave, thank you.
0: Bob Bradley, manager for LAFC, as he gets his troops ready for the 2020 season, the Champions League, coming up super fast, and then, of course, Inter-Miami come to town for the opener in MLS on March 1st. He's got a lot of work to do, and work is getting done over to that training center as they prepare for the season. We still have so much more to get to on this show. Plenty more here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm on 710 ESPN. Seven ten ESPN. I am Dave home. This is Soccer Weekly. Follow me on Twitter at Talk Soccer if you want to respond to anything on the show. Feel free; we continue the conversation there. Also, uh, you can uh, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Would be great at iTunes or ESPN Pod Center, one of your podcatchers. Just search for Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunham. We would appreciate that. Uh, appreciated Bob Bradley on with LAFC at Black and Gold Breakdown. Just the last segment. If you missed that, you can podcast that. Hear the interview. But it, it, it brings me to wanting to talk about LAFC's next opponent, which is, of course, Club Leon in the CONCACAF Champions League. And make no mistake, everyone thought this was the toughest draw. Whoever got Leon out of that pot was going to be in for a tough draw, no doubt. But Club Leon got the toughest draw in the Champions League because they got to start with LAFC. Well, right now, if you're wondering and you've been thinking about it, like, ah, I wonder how Leon's. Do- yeah, how about the best team in Liga Mekis to start this? most recent tournament yeah how about that how about the top score in liga MX right now only through four through four matches the their winger on helmena yeah five goals so far under not john breeze not john breeze is the manager former mexican international as i'm sure most of you or many of you remember but yeah, it, it's working well. Mena's not really a goal scorer like that. Obviously, he's a winger, but man, it, in the system and the way these first four games are playing out, they're looking tough. Let's just say that. They've got a lot of talent. Meneses is very good. Luis Montes, Ismael Sosa. Uh, they got a lot of talent. Leonardo Ramos. There's no doubt that Leon is deserving of being a top Liga MX right now. It's like It's early, four games in. But that's a lot. They're going to have two more matches, by the way, before they play LAFC in the Champions League. And they've spread them out a little bit, where I think they play on like the Friday before that Tuesday LAFC match down in Leon. and then I think they play like four days after that as well. So it's a a decent spread for them. Now, LAFC, obviously, as we are all well aware, is still in the preseason. So we make those excuses year in, year out for LA, for. MLS, but that's not going to change. You just got to put that past you and go out and beat them. No easy task, to be sure. Leon is that good. It's almost like I don't really want to watch Leon. <laughs> I'll let LAFC and their training staff do that, but they are really talented. There's No doubt about it, this is going to be a very, very big task. I, I mean, Rodolfo Cota and Nat solid defensively and can get up and down the pitch this team likes to score which is going to be fun against lafc right because oh by the way last time i checked the black and gold are not afraid to put the ball in the back of the net either so but you heard bob bradley talk a little bit about it and it's getting these guys back and integrated into the lafc system whether it's ginella and Cifuentes who haven't yet played for lafc or even like a walker zimmerman Obviously, an easier transition for Walker coming off the U.S. men's national team. He's back in plenty of time, but also he knows what's going on here in the center of defense with LAFC. He might have to learn a little bit from, you know, Kenneth Vermeer, maybe, in goal. Try to get a little bit of a relationship built there. Certainly, he and Eddie Segura had built up a trust in the back, so that'll be fine. But you get it. I mean, LAFC have work to do beyond just, let's get our team ready, and we've had all this time. I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to rely on Cifuentes and Janela super early in this season anyway. Now, not because they're young. They're very talented. But again, it's just getting them ready. And you have Latif Blessing, Mark Anthony Kay, Eduard Atuesta. Atuesta's been gone at that tournament or is gone. He'll be able to come back like Eddie Segura and kind of just blend right back in, you would think, at least reasonably quickly. Because it's still the same manager, Bob Bradley, his staff, they, you know, These guys know how they want them to play. It is going to be good. I cannot wait for this Champions League. Not just for LAFC. There's more matches going on as well, as we all know. And if you're taking a look at it, I wanted to mention a team and a story that's brewing with NYCFC. Right? New York City. Relatively young franchise in MLS, but have done very well. And they're taking on San Carlos of Costa Rica in their first round, you know, first round, the two legs. For them, it begins on Thursday the 20th, so a couple days after the LAFC match against Club León. And, you know, oh, by the way, that Tuesday the 18th, Atlanta United also starts with against Motagua in their first round, and Cruz Azul is going up against Portmore United. So those are the, the matches that are on th- Tuesday. But on Thursday, San Carlos hosts NYCFC. And why I wanted to talk about NYCFC is actually the return leg of that two-leg tie, which will be on Wednesday, February 26th. NYCFC, there's reports going on that they're going to be moving that game, right, I I see it all over the internet, they're going to be moving that game to Red Bull Arena. Because obviously, Yankee Stadium, there's something going on there, apparently, or maybe it's, who knows? That pitch is very tiny by my naked eye. I don't know what's going on. So they're moving that game to Red Bull Arena out in Harrison, New Jersey, which is, you know, only like, I don't know, less than 15 miles from where Yankee Stadium is, I think. But that's the story that's swirling there. And, you know, there's been some reports about that. That's not good. There is no way to sugarcoat that. That is not good. Especially when you're, you know, you're going to be playing. And by the way, that story came out. It's all over the Internet, but according to uh, the reports came out because supposedly the sporting director for San Carlos said it's going to be at Red Bull Arena, Gustavo Perez. Gustavo Perez was, uh, I think it was on CROi.com had the story. I want to credit them. So the C R OI with Costa Rica, they had that story about uh, San Carlos's sporting director saying they're going to be playing at Red Bull Arena. So it's kind of yikes, right? I mean, someone on the Twitter even earlier in the day kind of likened it to: "What if L A F C had to go play down in, in uh, at Dignity Health in Carson? Not good. Playing at your arch rival because you can't play at your stadium, apparently." So, not not real good look for MLS there, to be sure. That's something they're going to have to, you know, maybe square away here. What if they continue to advance? Remember we talked about it last season with NYCFC. What if they went to the final and were somehow hosting it? Didn't happen, but... Yeah, not ideal. Speaking of not ideal, Leo Messi, Barcelona... Some uh, yeah, not-so-great words thrown around uh, by uh, Messi with, uh, in relation to the sporting director there, Eric Abidal, the former player. We'll talk a little bit about that still to come. And stoppage time. So much more to get to. I am Dave home. You are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. It's Soccer Weekly with Dave home on 710 ESPN. Soccer Weekly, 710 ESPN. I am Dave Denholm, hanging out with you. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. You can follow me there. I love to talk the beautiful game, as you might imagine, not only here, but on social media as well. And if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, feel free to fire away there at Talk Soccer. Getting a little messy at Barcelona. No pun intended there. Well, yes, it was a pun intended, but it's a terrible pun. Apparently, and I'm reading from a story. uh, I got the background of it as we heard this story break over the last few days over at ESPN, ESPN FC. Moises Yorens and Sam Marsden wrote about it. As Messi got into it a little bit, well, Eric Abidal is the sporting director, former player, former great player with Barcelona. And they're going back and forth a little bit on the Ernesto Valverde firing. Right? Remember how they got rid of Valverde in January? Kike Setien took over. Well, at first, it was Abidal who had kind of talked a little bit and didn't really mention players by name, but were saying how well for Valverde, the issues were, were with players. Here, I'll even say it. In the article, it says, uh, quote, Abidal." this is a quote from Eric Abidal. many players were not satisfied or working a lot under Valverde, and that's assumed, and there are, was also an issue with internal communication. The relationship between the coach and the dressing room was good, but there are things that an ex-player can smell. I told the club what I thought, and we reached a decision. So essentially, Abidal there, that's unquote there, by the way. Reached a decision, unquote. Abidal, you know, that didn't sit well with Messi. Saying if you're going to, you know, talk about players, you got to name them. Because that's just throwing people under the bus, essentially. I'm paraphrasing there. But it got me to thinking, there's a couple of ways you could look at this story, certainly. Look, some of this stuff is going to come out like that. Sometimes it behooves the club to kind of put out a story like this, let people know, you know, the sporting director kind of saying, look, it wasn't all roses with Valverde. He had a great record, but it just, you know, it's kind of easy sometimes to blame the unnamed players. And that's why I think Messi gets a little upset because oftentimes, let's be realistic, Lionel Messi is a force of nature in the sport. Who would you think he's talking about? Right. Who would you initially think about if somebody says, well, there were some players at Barcelona that maybe it wasn't going so with with the man? Who do you think that he's talking about? Of course, your first thought is always Messi. I mean, that only makes sense, right? So I don't blame Messi coming out on social media and saying, here's the quote from Messi about it. Quote, I honestly don't like doing these things, but everyone has to be responsible for their job and take responsibility for their decisions, Messi wrote, quote, uh, that's unquote, Messi wrote on Instagram, according to the story, over at ESPN FC. So, I mean, come on. And the interview, Abidal, that said all this stuff is from uh, Diario Sport. If you want to go check that out, there's a link to it at ESPN.com, ESPNFC. I mean, that's ugly, but here's, here's my twisted mind, right? What about uh, Messi's future? I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. i got to be honest with you. For so long, I assumed there was no chance that Messi would ever leave Barcelona. And, you know, on some level, I still kind of think that way. But I can't say anymore that there's no chance when this kind of stuff happens. Now, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Who knows? There's, I mean, by my estimation, there's a very likely chance Lionel Messi never leaves Barcelona, right? He's already 32, going to be 33 in summer. I mean, realistically, yeah, highly unlikely. If he hasn't left by now, would you really assume he's going to go anywhere at this point? The guy's, and the guy's still scoring goals left. I mean, he's still an unbelievable player. I don't care if he's... He's not slowing down yet. But, man, if this little rift, or whatever it is, a little, uh, you know, back and forth, maybe it causes some... I'm not trying to cause trouble here, right? It's just a little uh, show we do here. All I'm saying is if you are running a soccer franchise or a soccer club around the world, and you hear this story, you gotta, your ears got to perk up a little bit. Right? And then, by deductive reasoning, what if he does become unhappy and disgruntled at Barcelona? Or maybe he just wants a change. Where would he go? Again, all presumptive. He's not going to Newcastle. Right, he's not going to Genoa. Beautiful city, but he's not going to Udinese. Great team. He's not going to Saint-Étienne or wherever you want to go in league. Oh, he's not going to Hoffenheim or for that matter Borussia Dortmund. You get the point. Dear MLS, keep your eyes and ears open. I know I'm sure they already are. And don't get me wrong, this is wild speculation. It's not even speculation. This is just due diligence. Keep an eye on it. See how that relationship continues. Probably nothing will ever develop it, of it. But when it comes to a player like Lionel Messi, you have to. You have to think about that. Now, again... Not trying to disrespect anybody. Is he going to Nashville? No. Is he going to end up playing in Columbus? No. Sorry. He's not ending up in Sporting Kansas City ever either. So you know the usual suspects here. I'm just saying. And, you know, I got to be honest going back to the original story, I got no problem with it. I don't have no problem with him speaking out like that. When so many people would assume he's the dude that you look at first in that locker room, of course, right? Essentially, everything revolves around him at that club. Rightfully so. Eric Abidal's not going to take the heat for it. I'm glad Lionel Messi spoke out. I think it's a smart move. Let's just see how it develops. According to TransferMarket.us, which is a website I love, Right. And I probably could look it up elsewhere, but I trust them. According to them, his contract runs until the uh, June, end of June next year. So, uh, you know, I'm just saying, if you're doing your business and you're a, a soccer club around the world, especially in one of the attractive, very attractive markets here in MLS, you kind of got to keep your eyes open. Oh, by the way, you know the the how I talked about everybody, yo, yo, all the young players MLS is bringing in. Well, I don't care how old Leo Messi is. <laughs> he wants to come and play in MLS. Yes, of course. <laughs> Pretty sure none of us are going to have a problem with that, right? Just like Cristiano Ronaldo. Any time, fellas. <laughs> I say it, I say it, I, I hate to say it out loud again, but if you have never heard me say it, it's going to be a true travesty if these two go their whole careers without playing here. To be honest. And unfortunately, it's looking more and more like that. May happen. Oh, that is painful. Never painful to hang out and listen to us here on 710 ESPN. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave home. If you missed any part of the show, you can podcast the show iTunes, ESPN Pod Center, wherever you need to, just subscribe, rate, and review, please. You can get the thing downloaded right to you every week. If you miss any portion of the show, the Bob Bradley interview earlier, our talk on Chicharito, and all the MLS signings, all the young players that have signed, it's all good stuff. And also, I I tweet out the link to it every week, you know, pretty much as fast as we can right after the show. Or the next day I start to send, you know, on social media like Twitter, you can follow me at Talk Soccer. Stoppage Time with the great Mario Reese coming up. I am Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly on 710 ESPN. It is Soccer Weekly on 710 ESPN. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you each and every week here on the home of World Football in Southern California. And it is time now for everybody's favorite segment in all of Sports Talk Radio. It is Stoppage Time. <laughs> It's time. It's, Stop. it's time right now joining me now is the producer of this great show Soccer Weekly and the host of Stoppage Time each and every week the great Mario Reese. Mario how are you buddy I'm doing okay Dave but uh not so good news here uh coming yeah. out of
1: the LAFC training today now this is from uh, Yeah Vince we did Scalosa. want to mention this
0: Yeah, yeah. Our, our buddy LAFC Vince on Twitter at LAFC Vince had it Earlier in the day, uh, right after training, Bob Bradley announced, Mario, what what, what was going on here? What's the news? Uh, apparently, uh, Ford Adama Diamande has a fracture on the fourth
1: metatarsal in his right foot. It's not good news here for uh, LAFC, no. Bob Bradley, and Adama Diamande, of course. Right here at the beginning of a busy, busy 2020, too, Dave.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, the schedule is front-loaded with all the... CONCACAF Champions League if they continue to advance obviously you get even more busy you still have to win games but look that is a it's a tough blow cuz he's going to be out several weeks i would met you know that's not a uh, that's not a days kind of injury certainly especially for a foot injury for a football player uh yeah mario i mean here's the bottom line you just got to go still play the games right we know that and dio will have to just kind of he'll rehab he'll come back it's a long season But as we look at it now, where do you go, right? Now, good news, Brian Rodriguez, Diego Rossi, and Carlos Vela are pretty good, right? I would think that's probably the way you go. Now, again, we're not Bob Bradley, and he's going to have to make that decision, Mario. But to me, that seems likely, right, at this point. I mean, Dio is kind of being used off the bench, right, at the end of the year to kind of create a lot of stuff, which he was doing. And it's going to be a tough blow. Yeah, it's going to be I a tough blow. Changes. I mean,
1: in a, in a season like this where we have what three separate tournaments going on in 2020 with the uh Open Cup and MLS Cup and then uh CCL, yeah. uh you're dependent on that depth. And now to have this happen, yeah. you're really really uh in a tough bind here, but uh we'll I see. I actually think a it tough affects test.
0: you a- yeah, I think Mario and maybe you maybe you would agree with me or disagree, whatever that's fine. I think it affects MLS early in the year more than even the Champions League for LAFC, if that makes sense. I believe that I would be starting Rodriguez, Rossi and Vela against Leon, okay, in those okay. two legs. Got it. And then it's the, you know, it's that opener against Inter Miami just a few days later than the second leg against Leon. Now, obviously, you don't know. If you're advancing against, you know, you beat Leon, you know you've got some other games coming up again, and, and the schedule jams up. So against Inter-Miami, you might have started Dio. Does, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe he comes off the bench in, in the Champions League. Maybe you would then start him in MLS. And depending on how long you go, I, maybe. That's what I would think. That's where it could affect. However, I think the guy to keep an eye on, Mario, and again, any injury in sports is not good news, I, I you know. It just sucks. that It doesn't matter who it happens to, even if it's your opponents. You know, you don't want to see anybody get injured. We hope Dio a fast and full recovery. A guy you got to keep an eye on for me, Mario, is Adrian Pettis. Right. I, you know, maybe he gets a few more minutes this way to kind of come in, cause some issues. I like that guy. He did have a goal and against Pena roll, too, in
1: the preseason match.
0: Yeah, I think he's looked very good in the preseason, for whatever that means. right? You right. know, Thankfully, he's... He's working hard, and he's getting ready. And this is just maybe another opportunity. You just have to be ready, right? And maybe it's Danny Musovski, the new signing. They brought him in from the USL. Maybe he'll get a few more minutes. Or Josh Pettis. I mean, you just have to be ready. Look, the strong teams overcome and stuff like this. That's what you got to do. Exactly. Yeah, it's a blow. It sucks. We've seen injuries, unfortunately, pile up at times. It happens. But, yeah, it's a tough one, no doubt about it. Again, LAFC Vince had some sound earlier in the day from Bob as well about that as it was going down right after practice earlier today. You can check out his work, of course, at LAFC.com. The great Vince LaRosa, appreciate that. But check him out on Twitter, at LAFC Vince. Uh, It's never easy, though, Mario. Never Never. easy, no doubt about it. And uh, you just got to kind of keep plugging along. You got to get it done. That's just the bottom line, and you got to play hard. And and, uh, I cannot wait. I got to admit, this uh, matchup against Leon is getting juicier and juicier every day. Yes. Leon's next, by the way, Leon's next matchup coming up on Saturday, they take on Monterey if you're interested. So keep an eye on that as well. Thanks so much, Mario. Great stuff as always, buddy. Thank you, Dave. You bet. appreciate the great Mario Rees, the producer of the show and the host of Stoppage Time. That is going to do it. Again, if you miss anything, podcast the show. At ESPN Pod Center or iTunes, just search for Soccer Weekly with Dave Denham. Please subscribe. Please rate the show. Please review it. All of that. We appreciate you listening. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California, 710 ESPN.